0: Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. We have another great show for you. My Gazette colleague Adam Schindler makes his season debut. We'll talk high school football and the uh, Gazette uh, high school football rankings that appeared uh, earlier this week online at dailygazette.com. And we'll discuss that and then look ahead at some of the big games coming up, some games being played on Thursday night. So uh, we'll talk about that. We'll take a break from sports in segment two. Is 98 Degrees, the musical group was, is celebrating 25 years together, and they will be playing at Rivers Casino next Thursday. And one of the members of the band, Nick Lachey, also a big sports fan and a big Cincinnati sports fan, is going to join me to talk about the group and talk about some sports, and we'll have some fun with that. And then finally, Sean Weller of the Adirondack Thunder. Long-time pro hockey player. Of course, he played at Clarkson for three years. He's going to play one more year and then hang his skates up. We'll talk to him about that and what led to uh, the decision to uh, play one more season uh, uh, near his hometown of South Glens Falls. So that'll be another good conversation to uh, talk. So we got football, music, and hockey. Not a bad combination for this edition of the Parting Shots podcast. Adam Schindler is coming up. We'll talk high school football. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast.
1: Meet Andrew Waite. He's a dedicated journalist with a passion for research and a commitment to getting all sides of the story. Whether it's a local issue or an upstate trend, I do the stories and interviews that shed light on what's important to you. Stay informed. Read Andrew Waite in the Daily Gazette. It's my job to offer commentary about what's happening in our community and what it means to our readers. The Gazette, reporting based on accuracy and integrity. It's who we are. It's what we do. Want
0: to get all the latest news from the Daily Gazette on your phone or tablet? We have an app for that. The Daily Gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists. The app is free. You can download the app from the Apple or Google App Stores.
2: Hey, I'm Frank Caliendo, pretending to be Morgan Freeman, maybe even a little bit of John or Robert Downey Jr. eh, Comedian, impressionist, Playboy philanthropist—maybe not the last two—and you're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports
0: editor Ken Shot. Welcome back to the podcast, and it's the debut, season debut, of the High School Football Rankings. And Adam Schindler, my Gazette colleague, is here to discuss these rankings. Uh, we're getting ready for week two of the season. For some teams, it's actually the third week they'll be playing. But uh, interesting times right now in high school football. And I think maybe the surprise story might be Schenectady football.
1: Yes, yeah, Schenectady football, uh, really, really a feel-good story. This team struggled for a little while and uh, went winless last year. Right out of the gate, two wins. They're, they're both against Class A uh, competition, uh, so maybe temper it a little bit. But but for Carm DePaulo and, and that program, just good to see them uh, back on the winning side. And They do have a, a big, big test uh, this week at home.
0: Yeah, they take on Shenandoah on a Thursday night, I believe. Uh, so uh, that's going to be a uh,
1: – how much of a
0: test is that?
1: That's a really big test. I mean, Shen is a really good Shen team that has some of the best players in the section. Uh, their wide receiver, Luke McAuliffe. Really, really standout tackle uh, Matt Tomaszewski. Uh, they went and uh, really easily beat a very good unit team, the defending Class A champions, last week. Uh, this is a big, big test. Uh, this is a Shen team that has a lot of ambitions of being being there at the end of the season again.
0: Yeah. Uh, some other big games on Thursday. Boston Spa taking on Saratoga Springs.
1: Yeah, this is a good proving ground game for, for B Spa, which has uh, scored a lot of points in its first two games. They scored 44 in a loss out of Liverpool. Uh, in week zero and then last week scored 30 in a game that was ended at halftime against Amsterdam uh, due to the lightning. Their team moving up uh, to Class AA this year. They just missed out on the Class A playoffs last year, but some really, really talented playmakers on that team and their quarterback, Nico Savini, and then the backfield, Blaine Zoller and, and Brayson Cornick have both made a lot of plays so far. Uh, and Saratoga, uh, Rodell Evans, uh, their uh, standout, kind of do-everything player is dealing with some injuries. Uh, but this is a team that made some moves up last year and is trying to keep a, keep, keep a playoff spot uh, when... You know, those third and fourth playoff spots in Class AA are going to be really, really competitive this year. You
0: know, their big game on Thursday is CBA at Shaker. CBA, of course, uh, they had a little problem. They missed out on Week 0 because of some violations. But, uh, you know, they're they're back.
1: Yeah, this CBA team, not only is back, they might be better. Uh, Donald Jones has been the best player in Section 2 the last two years. He's been their quarterback. This year, he's... Sort of their quarterback, sort of not their quarterback. He's going to play some, but they're going to get him uh, use all over the field because Jake Icabaccio, who was Shaker's standout quarterback, started his high school career at CBA, transferred to Shaker. Now he's back at CBA. CBA has pretty much arguably maybe the two best cor- the two best quarterbacks in the section, pretty much without a doubt, and maybe the two best football players in the section. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's take a look at those uh, Class A rankings. CBA's number one, Shen's number two, Shaker three in spot four, and then we have a three-way tie for number five: Schenectady Colony and Saratoga Springs.
1: Yes, yeah, so CBA and Shen both uh, went out in week zero, in week one after uh, CBA, CBA was uh, suspended due to uh, some recruiting violations that are still under some legal proceedings as they uh, as they sue Section 2. Shen, scrimmage, Burn Hills Week 0, went out, beaten Eski Week 1. Uh, Shaker's gone one, two straight games. Uh, good comeback win against Averill Park last week. Uh, Marcus Snipes uh, has taken over for Jake Icabaccio. quarterback. He's made some plays already. B-Spa has shown a very powerful offense. We'll, we'll see how their defense is, uh, really shapes up. And then those three teams, uh, you know, Schenectady's two and and0 Colony is one and one with a loss to a tough Cornwall team, and then they uh trounced Mohanneson this past week. And then Saratoga was a two-point conversion away from beating Burnhills this past week.
0: Before we get into the class A, one thing you mentioned, the weather last Friday night was just awful. Games were postponed, moved to Saturday. Uh you mentioned Amsterdam only played a half. Uh what was you you were out covered game. Yeah, what was it I, like?
1: I got relatively lucky. I was out at uh Fonda Fultonville in Johnstown, and we had about a half-hour lightning delay. Uh, but nothing was ever really close to us and never got more than a few sprinkles of rain so that was one of I believe four or five games across the whole section that finished that night uh, most of the games either got started suspended uh, and resumed at some point between Saturday and Monday or they just got straight pushed back it was a wild wild night Uh Second time we had one of those in the last couple of years. Uh, we had one back in the uh, middle of 2021 season. That was another <laughs> night I was supposed to be covering a Fonda Fultonville-Johnstown game. I get a phone call from the Fonda Fultonville athletic director. On my way there, he'd seen uh, that I posted that I was going to the game. And he's like, we're not playing. And that wasn't even because of the weather. They didn't have referees. They, there was a misassignment. I ended up being pushed out uh, going a little further west out to canada Harry, And that game got about a quarter under the way before getting wiped out with rain as most of the section did that night
0: let's look at class a now as a couple of key games on thursday bethlehem is at queensbury naval park at niskayuna
1: yeah this is a game uh the bethlehem queensbury game one it is just uh, very very weird seeing an at queensbury with a pm start uh they just got their new turf field and lights this year they have been one of the few uh large school holdouts uh, to still play on a to still play on saturday afternoons uh Absolutely crushed Troy in a game that took a couple of days to complete. Bethlehem's a team that dropped down from AA to A this year. Uh, they've looked very impressive uh, the first two weeks. Not the toughest opponents, but uh, that's a team that's going to be trying to push for one of these playoff spots this year. And then uh, Averill park Niskiuna is a Super Bowl rematch. Mm-hmm. Uh, April Park... Uh, won an out-of-section game week zero, played tough with Shaker, and then Niskayuna, Uh this is a team that, yes, they lost a lot. They did lose a lot, especially on their line uh, but their skill group is as good as anybody in Section Two. Their quarterback, Ethan Gil- Gilson, uh, Cam Grasso might be the single fastest player in the entire section, and, and, and Isaiah Lanier, their star running back.
0: And losing to Shen's not no you know, big loss there. I mean, I mean, it's tough to lose, but you know that Shen and their double yeah.
1: And this is also a Unit team that uh, absorbed a couple of losses early last year yeah. and then went on a big big run. This is a team that knows how to play later in the season.
0: Well, let's take a look at the rankings right now. Niskinah is on top in Class A, followed by Burn Hills, Boston Lake, Bethlehem. Queensbury, Abel Park with Columbia receiving votes. Yeah,
1: right now, uh, Niskiuna until somebody in Class A steps up and challenges them, has the right to that number one spot. Uh, Burn Hills uh, went out, beat a double-A team in Saratoga last year, got uh, first-year head coach Kevin DeBonis his first win. Again, Bethlehem, 2-0 start. Queensbury's 1-0. Averill Park it was as a team that just is there. You kind of forget about them sometimes, but they're a very very good team with the, with some really really talented guys and a, and a triple option kind of navy army style system that really can just grind up yards in time.
0: Let's move over to Class B in the uh, big game there. All of these games will be on Friday, but the big game Friday: Glens Falls at Gloversville.
1: Yeah, this is uh, you know Gloversville got a win out against Cahose after uh, they went out of section, and lost to Central Valley Academy in Week Zero. Glens Falls won their uh, won their rivalry uh, against. Uh, they won the Jug Game against Hudson Falls last week. Uh, this is a game for a team like Gloversville. It's again, it's a prove it type of game if they want to sh- show that they're you know, the kind of team they were two years ago when they made that run. Kind of surprise under the Super Bowl. Uh, that's, this is a game that they can do, especially at home.
0: Look at the, the rankings in Class B. Ravina, Coyman, Selkirk, number 1, Glens Falls 2, Gloversville 3, and a tie for fourth with Shamont and Lansingburg.
1: Yeah, this Ravina team has won two straight uh, Section 2 Class B championships and looks really, really good this year. They went out uh, Week 0 and beat Section 9's uh, James I. O'Neill, defending state champion. Uh, at Glens Falls, you always have to consider... Uh, This is a team that's been incredibly consistent over the last decade. Gloversville is a team that really makes things tough uh, just with their size. And then Shalmont and Lansingburg. Lansingburg was a team that made a run to the the championship game last year. Really, really impressive. They've started well this year, and Shalmont went out uh, week one and took care of business. 29-0 win at Broadalbin Perth.
0: Over to Class C
1: now, the big game Friday
0: night. Uh, that will be, a, I guess, a neutral site game. Developers versus Johnstown being played at Amsterdam.
1: Yeah, Knox Field uh, still not quite ready for its renovations. Uh, this is, again, a, a prove-it game. Uh, Johnstown kind of stinging. Uh, had a tough game at Fonda Fultonville uh, week one was back and forth for a little bit, and then Fonda just blew it open uh, as the game went along. Ended up winning 41-14. This Johnstown team has one of the very best players in the whole section in Ryan Hoyt. A tremendous, tremendous running back. Uh, But Skylerville went out week zero, won a great game against Fonda Fultonville. They've got Lucas Sherman at quarterback uh, and a very, very deep backfield. And uh, when you've got a Sherman at quarterback, which Skylerville has had for close to the last decade now, uh, it's always, always good. He makes plays in Every phase of the game, and uh, right now th- this class is Skylerville to no. Schuylerville
0: is the number one team ranked in the uh, Daily Gazette's uh, high school football poll, followed by its Class C final five: F- Fontana Fultonville, a tie in third between Hoose Falls, Tamarack, and Waterford Elite Heatley, and Johnstown number five.
1: Yeah, again, this is actually a pretty small class uh, this year with a bunch of merge programs and some moving up and down. A lot of teams moved down to Class D this year. I got a chance to see this Fonda Fultonville team up close. Uh, A bunch of veteran players, and then two very young players who really impressed me. Uh, Keegan Croucher, their freshman quarterback, he's six foot three, huge arm. Uh, is going to be a major, major player around here for the next four years. Uh, and Colin Pickering, their running back who, who spots, who shares time in the backfield with senior Jose Vargas. Pickering's a sophomore and he was just plowing his way 10, 15 yards a carry against Johnstown. It's a team that's still going to grow when you've got a freshman quarterback. It's going to take some time, but, uh, you know, we've talked, we've seen freshman quarterbacks around here do some pretty big things. Uh, Cambridge, uh, is more than familiar with it. Uh, Those who remember uh, Notre Dame Bishop Gibbons and Joe Tortello was making plays when he was a freshman, so was Joe Girard up at Glens Falls. Uh, It's a team with a bright future.
0: Over to Class D now in the game uh, Friday, we'll be looking at Greenwich at Canager Harry Fort Plain.
1: Yeah, Canager Harry Fort Plain is coming off probably the biggest regular season win uh, in around a decade plus uh, when they beat Cambridge Salem 35 12 on Saturday. Uh, It's a team that has always hovered on that. Are they the fourth playoff team? Are they the first team out? Uh, And they really, really look good. The problem for them is there are so many teams dropping down into Class D this year uh, that it's gonna make it difficult. And Greenwich is a team that's given everyone trouble for a long time. They're still in Class D this year. Two teams who have both gotten off to really, really good starts. And a Kanjari four-plane home game, if they win here, this is a team you absolutely have to take seriously.
0: Class D uh, rankings, uh, number one, Warrensburg, Lake George Bolton. Number two, Stillwater, Greenwich three. Kanjari four-plane four, and Cambridge-Salem five.
1: Yeah, and you look at those rankings, and one and two are teams that dropped down from Class C a year ago, including the Class C champions in, in Warrensburg. Uh, who are just a powerful, powerful team. They they come at you with a huge line, skill all over the place. Uh, they haven't quite put up the utterly uh, senseless and ridiculous uh, score lines that they did last year when they were winning games, you know, seventy five to th- seventy five to six. Uh, but they're winning games. You know, they're winning comfortably by forty. Stillwater uh, went and beat Mechanical Music Valley in a rivalry, very defense heavy rivalry game in week zero. Uh, and then came out and, and had a really impressive win week two uh, behind, you know, Jackson Mueller is, is a dynamic player, so is Lucas Lilac. And if you know Stillwater, those are some very familiar last names.
0: <laughs> well, we're looking forward to this. Of course, the rankings are on dailygazette.com. You can look for all of the uh, classes there. Adam, we'll, great to get back and uh, kick us off again, and we'll do it again next week. Absolutely. That's Adam Schindler. We're back. Uh, Nick Lachey of 98 Degrees. They're going to be at the Herbert Casino next Thursday. He's going to join me to talk about that and maybe some sports as well. He's a devoted, uh, devoted Cincinnati uh, sports fan. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast.
1: It's been a trying year for parents. They've been confronted with countless challenges and have always risen to the occasion. If it isn't too much to ask, the 370,000 high school student athletes in New York have one last request. Please set an example. Disorderly fan conduct at high school athletic events is on the rise. It increasingly involves parents, There's no question that parents are passionate. There's no question they care about their children. But at a time when we're all wound a little more tightly than usual, it's worth remembering this about New York high school sports. Always be a good example. Stop unruly fan behavior before it starts. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association.
0: Hi, this
2: is Santa Men's Basketball Coach, Carmen Massarello. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Schott.
0: Welcome back to the podcast. 98 Degrees is celebrating 25 years of making great music and I'll be performing at the Rivers Casino on Thursday, September 21st. Joining me now is one of the members of 98 Degrees and devoted Cincinnati sports fan, Nick Lachey. Nick, I appreciate you doing us. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll talk sports in a few minutes here on because uh, I know, like I said, you're a big Cincinnati sports fan. Uh, did you think um, when you first formed this group 25 years ago with your brother Drew, Jeffrey Timmons, and Justin Jeffrey that you'd be still going strong?
2: <laughs> that was uh, that was honestly the last thing in our mind, uh, you know, 25 years ago. We were just we were just trying to put food on the table, you know, uh, next week. So um, no, we we weren't even thinking about you know 25 years down the line. But it really is. Um, it really is a blessing to still be able to you know continue to do this 25 years later and, and have fans still come out and 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 frankly still enjoy what we're doing uh, i think we're having more fun than ever uh, as a group and as you know uh, performing together and being on stage so um just the entire experience still being able to do it now all these years later is, is a real uh is a real blessing for all you know for all of us
0: yeah i was reading the article the other day and uh, your brother drew called your band the blue collar boy band what do you mean by that
2: you know I mean, we all grew up in ohio so we had this mentality of of uh, you know of being hard workers and, and you know we kind of said anyone you know you might be able to sing better than us you, you might be able to dance better than us but you, you certainly aren't going to outwork us so that was our that was our mindset is that we were going to work uh, work as hard as we could leave it all on the table and, and have no regrets and i think you know it served us well it's a you know, really competitive industry and um and i think that um you know Working hard, being hard workers, treating people with respect um, over the years has uh, definitely paid off and, and, and certainly was a, a big component in why we were, you know, able to be
0: successful. Yeah. What was that boy band era like uh, when you guys were there? you I mean, obviously, sync was there, Backstreet Boys and Boyz II Men. What was that like?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it was I think it was a magical time in, in music in general. Just, you know, there was so much great music happening and, you know, we... we refer to it kind of as the TRL era, you know, when, when, uh, you know, kids come home from school and, and flip on the TV and watch TRL and see all the videos and, Um, And I think that's why it still works today is because people enjoy going back to that time in their lives. You know, that's what music does. It takes you back to, you know, to a a moment in your life, to a moment in time. And I think for a lot of people, that was a very magical, special, you know, time in in, in music and in life, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, the kind of pre 9-11, you know, era. Uh, So we were part of that and it was it was it was awesome to be a part of that and and uh and awesome to revisit it now you know these 25 years later
0: yeah you have an ambitious schedule you guys are playing four straight nights uh, the river casino show will be your third show in a row you're going to come from penn sound pennsylvania which i grew up near there in northeast philadelphia D- does it get tiring doing that many shows in a row uh i mean it can but we're, we're kind of used
2: to it at this point we we uh you know you look at the schedule and you, you kind of say okay we got four in a row here i need to pace myself make sure that that I have enough, uh, you know, gas left in the tank for for that last show because you want to give everybody the best show you you can, you know, and and that's uh, that's important to us. So, um, yeah, I mean, while four in a row, um, you know, does seem like a lot. We we we're kind of used to it at this point, and uh, we'll be ready. Don't worry. Yeah.
0: Who, <laughs> who are your musical influences?
2: For me, uh, growing up, it was um, Stevie Wonder was a huge influence on me. Uh, my mom was a big Stevie Wonder fan, so that was often playing in our house, and, and we, we had the. Great honor of being able to work with him um, on the Mulan soundtrack for Disney, mm-hmm. um, kind of early in our career, which was really really special. Our first ever appearance on the Tonight Show with Leno was with Stevie Wonder, and so I mean we had um, we had that that experience very early on, which was which was incredible. Um, Boys and Men was a huge influence on on our band specifically. We kind of molded ourselves in, in their image, if you will. Like we love their harmonies, we love their songs, the ballads, the love songs. Um, and then for me, you know, I'm a huge Zeppelin fan. Love, our, you know, Robert Plant. Yeah. Love his voice. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I try to listen to everything from jazz to rock to R&B. You, you know, you name it. I think the more the more you you know diverse you can be in your in your in your musical uh, taste, the the better singer you are.
0: Nick Shade joining us here on the Parting Shots podcast. As I mentioned at the top here, <laughs> you are a big Cincinnati sports fan. Heard you a number of times on Dan Patrick shows over the years. I gotta ask you, what the hell happened Sunday with uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals against Cleveland?
2: (laughs) Man, that was ugly. That was ugly. I I had to turn it off, frankly, because I just like I just this is not my team. I, I just don't recognize this team. And I think honestly, it just. Guys not playing in the preseason, you know. There's no, there's no uh, familiarity. There's no, you know. There's no, there's no rhythm. Um, they just didn't get the reps in, and I understand, you know, why why coaches do that and trying to rest your uh, guys and not see them get hurt in preseason. But I think the the uh, you know the side effect of that is they're just not quite as sharp as they they need to be. I mean. I think Eagles, you know, your team, I'm assuming, kind of had the same the same thing happen to them. You know, they, they thankfully won, but they just didn't look as sharp as, as you would expect them to look, and I think that's just because they're not playing uh, preseason uh, games. So, hopefully, we'll see the Bengals turn that around and and content uh, here again this year.
0: Well, at least we're not New York Giants fans. They're still, they're still waiting for the Giants to show up on week one. <laughs> i
2: tell you what, I watched that game, and it, 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 honestly, the Bengals game and the Giants game kind of reminded me of the same thing, just constant pressure on the quarterback, bad weather. You know, it just it, it, they were very similar games uh, to me. So I do have more faith in the, in the Bengals to turn that around than the, than the Giants this year. But but yeah, it was uh, both of those games are pretty ugly to watch.
0: Well, your Reds have have had a pretty good year. They have an exciting player in Ellie De La Cruz, and especially you know, we stole those three bases against the Brewers uh, back and a couple months ago. Are they going to be contenders next season? Well we're hoping we're contenders this season. We're still hanging tough and,
2: and uh and, and flirting with the wild card here. So if we can get in, you know, anything can happen as we saw from the Phillies last year. So yeah. you just gotta gotta get in the dance and see, uh and see how it shakes out. But yeah, I, I like where we're going. I like our our young talent. You know, Matt McLean's great, Steer's great, uh Dela Cruz obviously gets a lot of the press, but we have a lot of great young players and uh you know, kind of a great young nucleus. Uh if we can get Hunter to Green, you know, Hunter Green to kinda of come around and be and be the uh, the pitcher that we expect him to be, and and, uh, and and Lodolo's stays healthy. We I think we got a great young team that can definitely contend for hopefully not just this year, next year, but a few years.
0: Yeah, would you like to see the NBA and NHL come to Cincinnati? And I know Cincinnati used to have an NBA team.
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was they obviously were, were around before you know before I remembered them, um, the old Cincinnati Royals, yeah. which are now the Sacramento Kings. But um, you know what? It's it's such a great college basketball town between the Bearcats and Xavier. That um, yeah, I almost think the NBA. I don't think it would. I don't think it would resonate with people in instancy. We've, we've gotten so used to college basketball.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and as far as hockey, I mean, we had the Stingers back in the day and yep. and and, uh, and and tried to get in the you know, NHL. But um, I, I think it's it's honestly, it's a, I think it's perfect the way it is. Uh, I hate to say that, you know, maybe it's because I I didn't grow up with NBA and mm-hmm. and, and you know NHL. But um, having baseball and football, and now we've got MLS. Um, uh, which is great as well and that's that's been, you know, been a huge success in, in and they're doing really well this year as well um, I think we're kind of good where we're at as a three sport you know it's a pretty professional sport town because college basketball and even college football um, has become so big there that uh, that you know there's not much room left in the landscape for more professional sports.
0: Well, tickets for the 98 degrees concert start at $75 and are on sale at slash connectivity Nick, thanks for doing this and have fun next week. Appreciate it. We're looking forward to it. All right, that's Nick Delshay. Sean Wello of the Ironic Thunder, joins me next. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast.
2: If
1: you really want to know what's going on in your community, you
0: have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity. From the first page to the last page, independent, probing
1: journalism.
0: We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do.
1: Hi, this is Daily Gazette sports writer Mike McAdam. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott.
0: Welcome back to the podcast. My next guest will be returning to play for the ECHL's Adirondack Thunder which is not too far from where he grew up in South Glens Falls. It will also be his final season playing hockey. Please welcome to the podcast, Sean Weller. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Congratulations on playing another year. And, of course, uh, we go back a long ways, back when uh, you were playing Clarkson, and I was was covering Union that first go-around. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, right, coming back, knowing it's going to be my my last season. But also... uh, great in the same sense that I get to kind of retire where it all started here at home so I'm pretty thankful that uh you know after a long career I can kind of call it quits on my own and uh, right here in my own backyard is kind of special
0: so yeah okay. so the decision leading to this to play one well where how much thought did you put into to deciding to uh, play one where you're not hanging up
3: uh I, I mean you kind of you kind of know right as you go um uh, I can't play like I was 25 anymore. You know, my body doesn't uh, move like it used to. Knock on wood, I've been lucky with with injury. You know, I don't have uh, any pain. I don't wake up with uh, sore joints or muscles in the morning. But just being able to perform at a level where I think I'm capable to be effective and, and help my team, I think I probably know that in, in my mind I have one year left or I had one year left over the offseason when I kind of started thinking about this. And, you know, I've been thinking about it for a year or two and, and being back home kind of rejuvenated me a little bit and kind of gave me, you know, a sense of, uh, you know, being back around in the community and kind of enjoying where I grew up and, uh, and playing in front of my friends and family. So um, I guess kind of just uh, going down the stretch here the last couple of years, I kind of felt it coming
0: and I'm comfortable with the situation. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you were acquired uh, during the 21-22 season in the trade with uh, Kansas City. When that happened, how excited were you to be able to come back?
3: Oh, I was very excited, you know. Um, had it been anywhere else where I, where I would have tra- been traded to, I might have just kind of uh, called it quits and, and, and hung it up. I was kind of on the fence of even coming back. I had taken the year off um, for COVID. I was supposed to go back to Germany. I had another contract, another year my contract left in Germany. With the uncertainty of COVID and stuff, I ended up not going back and I took the full season off. That was when I was... Uh, 34. So taking a full year off too, you know, you never know how you're going to feel when you return at 34, you know, turning 35 after taking a full season off. So, um, you know, I had a a decent run in Kansas City. And and when I got traded here, I was was excited to know I was coming back home to play in a familiar area with uh, a lot of friends and family watching. So
0: I was excited. Of course, when you grew up there in South Falls, the Adirondack Red Wings were a, a big deal. Uh, how many games did you get to go to see the Red Wings, and what was it like stepping on the ice, playing on the, on the ice surface that you grew up watching the Red Wings?
3: Yeah, a lot, right? That's kind of how I fell in love with the game, you know, just being a 4, or 5, 6-year-old in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, running around the Civic Center, you know, me and uh, my buddy from here, Jeff Beecher, we got to play for a team called the Junior Red Wings here when the Red Wings were still here at the time. So, uh, we got season tickets to go to most of all the games if we were in town. So, that's kind of how I fell in love with, you know, the sport and, and you know, hockey around here. When, when I was young, I can remember them coming to the Harrison Avenue School and, and reading to us as a kid. So, I just thought that was the coolest thing, right? And, for me to kind of be able to do some of the same things now and give back, you know, the kids see a familiar face, a local that grew up around here, it's uh, pretty cool.
0: Yeah. What is it like I me? Mean, obviously, the ECHL is not the AHL, but it seems like the, the fans are enjoying uh, this team here and appreciating it. I, I think you know, the, the Glens Falls got screwed by Detroit towards the end there, but uh, what, what's the reception for the, from the fans there?
3: To be honest, it's unbelievable. Uh, This will be my 60th year pro, I think, coming up, and the fans here have been, I know I'm a bit biased because I'm from here, right, but some of the nights, it's it's rocking, like something, you know, atmosphere I've really never seen before, especially in North America. You could get the really rowdy crowds in in Germany when I played over there with the soccer-style atmospheres, but I don't think there's too many better places to play uh, in the East Coast League than Glens Falls. They just have an energy about them. They're knowledgeable fans because we've had hockey here for so long, and they yeah, appreciate a hard working team, and that's what we try to deliver every year.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Germany. I'm looking at the, the, your stats there 124 goals, 220 222 assists, and 298 games. You captured a championship uh, there in Germany. What was it like playing over there? Uh, it was awesome, to be honest.
3: Um, I got to meet a lot of really cool people, I got to see a lot of really cool places, and had. Uh, you know, a decent amount of success over there. So it was fun, you know, being you only have four imports on on each team over there. So you're kinda of relied heavily upon as an import when you go over there to provide offense and and kinda of lead the team. And I was able to play for a really good team for four straight years. We went to the finals all four years and I was able to uh ultimately win a championship over there with a great, great group of guys, uh, which which was really, really awesome.
0: And you're named the playoff MVP when you won that championship. How thrilling was that?
3: I was. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I think I had 12 or 13 goals in 16 games. I went on a pretty good heater. And, uh, you know, for me, it was just awesome to be able to contribute just, you know, so we had the opportunity to win, right? At the end of the day, it was all about winning the championship, but to, you know, have a little extra uh, uh, accolades along the way it doesn't hurt either. It was pretty special.
0: You played three years at Clarkson. Uh, what were your years like at Clarkson?
3: Probably the three best years of my life. I had a great, great, uh, class that I went in with and a bunch of really, really great teammates. Uh, we struggled our first year, got really, got got a lot better. Excuse me. Our, our second year, I think we were 500, but I think we won almost every game at home. And then I think we finished as the number three or four seed in the country. Uh, my junior year, uh, we're able to win the ECAC championship in Albany, which was really, really cool to have a bunch of friends and family there. And ultimately went on to lose to UMass one, nothing in overtime, which was kind of heartbreaking in the regionals in Rochester. But, uh, met some great great people that i still keep in contact with a lot of friends that i that i still talk to uh
0: often and uh yeah just a really cool experience being up there in the north country yeah, and george roll was your coach at that time what was he like to, to play for
3: he was an awesome awesome guy uh me and uh, steve zaleski got to meet him actually a bit before we played for him for the uh, under 17 team for the new york state team um so we were familiar with him before and that was kind of one of the reasons we both uh, chose, chose to go to Clarkson was, you know, the opportunity. He said we were both going to have to play, and you know, kind of the the team we had coming in, it, it was really exciting. Uh, our assistants, Greg Dreschel and, and JF, Kuhl were awesome as well too. Uh, guys that have a lot of a lot of hockey knowledge. JF was a, a Clarkson alum, so he understood what it was like to be a student athlete at Clarkson. So we had three great coaches there while I was there.
0: Well, speaking of Clarkson, I'm going to take it back to March 6, 2005. Game three of the ECAC yeah. Hockey Tournament First Round Series against Union at this I remember. Yeah, you weren't there the year before. You, Union Clarkson played the year before. Clarkson blew Union out in two games. This series yes, was just tight as it could be. All three games going overtime. Clarkson won the first one, one nothing. Uh, Union came back to win game two, two to one, setting up a dramatic game three, which – Went overtime and late in the overtime. It looked like we're heading for a, a second overtime in the night. I think I remember you, you skating down the left wing and firing a shot and uh, beating uh, Justin Mrazik with uh, 142 left in the game to give Clarkson the uh, series-clinching victory. What do you remember about that night and that whole weekend?
3: I thought it was a tip, to be honest. I thought it was a off-the-face-off. That's how I remember, but you could be right. I don't know. I thought Chris Breckelman shot one from the point, and I maybe, thought I'd one, but I could be...
0: Yeah, yeah maybe it was. I'm, I'm just thinking, think, I, 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 I... But I, I,
3: you could be right, too. I could be wrong, but I just remember I hadn't... I scored two goals my first game against uh, Niagara, and I'd been playing really, really good hockey the whole year, but I could not score. I could not score at all. I think it was... I can't even tell you how many. 31 games, 28 games without a goal, so... I know it was a big goal that I scored, obviously, for us to move on, but it was also a huge monkey off my back moving forward, I think, just being bit for however many games it was. But to be able to do it in front of a lot of friends and family there at Union was uh, was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean that whole weekend, like I said, all three games went overtime. How much tension was there, or was there, was there any tension?
3: Yeah, of course, right? You're in a playoff series, and everyone's trying to move on. I think we ultimately ended up going on to, to run into Cornell, who was a wagon back then, but, you know, you – Anytime you get into the playoffs, you think you always got a shot, right? So it was uh, it was an intense three games, like you said, all going into overtime. But uh, good experience, I think, obviously helps us too. We had a bunch of freshmen on our team that year, I think nine. So just to get playoff experience, especially overtime games that, that go uh, a long way, kind of help you as you move on. And I think it might have helped us down the road as we grew into, you know, sophomore, juniors, and seniors.
0: Yeah, you were a third-round draft pick of the Ottawa Senators in 2004. Uh, At the end of your junior year, you left uh, Clarkson to sign with the Senators, and uh, you never got a chance to play in the NHL. You played in the AHL for a few years. Uh, Looking back at that, do you any regrets, or do you think still that was the right move for you?
3: No, I wouldn't say regrets. Obviously, you look back, right, and you think, oh, what if if I would have stayed for my senior year, right? But um, the plan that I was on the whole time with, yeah the management at in Ottawa was basically that I was on a three year plan they felt that I'd developed the right direction um along that whole time at Clarkson so I thought at that time um the right decision was was to move on you know like like you said ultimately you can look back and say man we would have had a, a wagon at Clarkson you know our senior year they lost to Michigan 2 nothing in the the finals of the regionals in Albany which also would have been great to play back in Albany so obviously missed that but you know, there's a lot of luck and a lot of circumstances that comes along with uh, with making it or not, right? So Ottawa goes to the final that year against Anaheim in 07, and they lose to Anaheim. And every single person on the staff that was there that drafted me, they all got fired. They brought in a new GM, new scouting staff, new everybody. So I had signed at that point already with the old general manager who was Muckler. They brought in Brian Murray, and after that, you know, you're kind of you're kind of at at the mercy of what they want, right? What kind of players they want? I had been on a plan with a completely different staff, right? And all of a sudden, that plan is completely altered, and you kind of just have to have to try to go from there. It didn't uh, didn't work out for me in Ottawa. Um, who's to say if you know that staff doesn't get fired, it doesn't? But you know, it, you sick one half dozen, the other. You really can't go back and say what if. I'm very happy with uh, the career I had, the people I got to meet along the way, and uh, yeah. No regrets.
0: Yeah. Uh, what are your plans for this season? What, what would you like to accomplish uh, this season?
3: Ultimately, I'd like to go out for the championship. Uh, back in 2013, 12-13 with Stockton, we went all the way to the finals and uh, lost to Reading four games to one, which was disheartening. But just to win the Western Conference and kind of hold that trophy was awesome. So, I mean, to have a parade here in Glens Falls at the end of my career, to end it that way would be pretty cool.
0: Of course, you're playing for a coach in uh, Peter Macarthur, who's from Clifton Park. Uh, and of course, yep. the college hockey experience as well, uh, playing at yep. uh, BU. Uh, what he's, what is he like? And did you know Peter before uh, arriving in Iowa? Yeah, we,
3: we grew up. Uh, we grew up playing together um, along the way, here and there. He, he's from, uh, like you said, Clifton Park. So he played for Shenandoah High School for a bit. He ultimately took a bit of a different path and went to Northwood, uh, played prep school up in Northwood. I stayed home and played junior hockey at Capital District. Um, But, yeah, he's an an awesome coach, a great guy. I was familiar with him, Uh, you know, like I said, from all the way since I was growing up. We kind of kept in touch with each other, did a lot of summer training back in the day when we were both trying to, you know, make the NHL. So very familiar with him, and he's done a great job with the team the
0: first two years. You're, you're, you're playing a league that's, uh, I guess, considered double A, uh, one step to the AHL. You have a lot of young players. How important is it for you to be a leader, a mentor for these guys, and you know, tell them here's what you have to do to get to the next level?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately that's my job now, right? I, I, I can't play and skate like I used to, but to have the, the experience that I have you know, from many years of playing and some of the stuff I've seen, it's just... You know, anytime I can see something, lend them the help again. That's kind of my job now, right? Whether it's, you know, making guys feel comfortable when they get here, having them over for dinner, taking them out for a beer or something like that. Or, uh, you know, whether it's uh, something I see in their game that I can maybe mention. You know, just little things like that. That's the, I've always kind of tried to pride myself on being a good teammate and a good guy in the locker room. So I'll continue to do that.
0: I want to backtrack a second to your Clarkson days and looking at your stats from your sophomore year. You got 37 games, 14 goals, 10 assists. 103 penalty minutes. What the hell did you do to get 103 penalty minutes?
3: <laughs> I got kicked out of a game in Quinnipiac for a little uh, a boxing match, I guess you call it. We both had our helmets on, no gloves dropped or anything. So I don't know what they gave me for that. I might have got 20 or 30 right there for one. One at the rip there. And then I might have had a hit-from-behind penalty, I think, as well, where it came with a five-from-hitting-from-behind in and, and 20. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't all like... What it looks like, but a couple, a couple instances where I think I might have racked up fifty in a couple shots there.
0: You, and getting back, to you, you played in the ECAC uh, hockey at a time when it was not really well respected. Since uh, you know the last few years, uh, Yale's won a tight national title, U's won a national title, and Quinnipiac just is coming off winning a national title. How have you seen? I mean, if you, if you had a chance to really look, have. How has that league uh, gotten better and more respect than when you were playing there?
3: Um, to be honest, I haven't watched a ton of it. Obviously, as it gets down the stretch towards the Frozen Four and stuff, I'll put it on. And I obviously watched the, the Quinnipiac game this year. But I just think so many more players now, no matter where you play, are so, mu- are so much more skilled than they used to be, right? Like, like you would say, the ECAC used to be more of a gritty, hard-working league with not a lot of skill, right? And you maybe say, hey, we didn't get as much respect back then i think the game has changed so much now where everybody has to skate you could get away with being you know an okay skater back in the day and get by everybody in this day and age now can, can skate i think that's the biggest thing in leagues across the board in my opinion
0: when you hang out the skates at the end of the season uh what is the future for you would you like to stay in hockey in a you know capacity coaching capacity management capacity
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of all I've ever known, right, since I've been 16, 17. I've been playing playing high-level hockey, and, you know, I've enjoyed it so much, and I've put so much into it that uh, I've been, you know, coaching some younger kids around here and doing some of that, starting that, um, you know, helping out around the community with stuff like that. But, yeah, I definitely love to stay in the game uh, in some capacity, whether it's coaching the younger kids or, you know, someday moving moving up and coaching coaching college or pro. Um, definitely, definitely something like that.
0: Will you take some extra time to appreciate this season, maybe uh, just uh, watching you, know, pl- you know, playing just getting a, a appreciation for what you've done all, uh, all, in all your career?
3: Yeah, I think so, right? There's going to be a lot, of, a, a lot of times where I'm going to be like, oh, this is the last time, this is the last time, this is the last time, right? So it'll be like, I think when I skate out for the first game and stuff like that, it'll be my last first game. And, you know, I think after that, it'll kind of be like, I don't know, just another year, maybe... I think I'm going to more appreciate stuff off the ice, uh, you know, with the guys in the locker room and, you know, just being with a group of guys that you appreciate. I think being on a team and being in the locker room is one of the coolest things and coolest experiences you can have, right? Just being with a bunch of guys that are are similar in pretty much every aspect, right? You get some guys that are different in their own ways, but just get to go to a locker room every day with a a good group of guys is kind of what I'll miss at the end of it when it's all
0: said and done. Well, Sean, appreciate it. a few minutes. Uh, have a great year, and congratulations on a great career. And uh, one of these days i got to get up to actually see a game at the at, uh, you know, cooling. I, I still can't get used to calling it the corporate name. So, I I, 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 when I, I used to cover the Hershey Bears for the York Daily Record, and always you know, the Bears always seemed to play Adirondack in the playoffs, and always enjoyed my time, yeah. at the, uh, to the Glens Falls Civic Center. So, uh, so that, you know,
3: I have a hard time calling it the coolest arena too. It's always been the Civic Center for me. I still call it the Civic Center half the time. So, you're not the only
0: one. Yeah, Sean, appreciate a few minutes, and good luck this season.
3: Thank you very much. I appreciate you
0: having me. Alright, that's Sean Well. We're back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winners in the Gazette's Youth Pick of Football and Auto Racing Contest. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Hey Auto Racing fans, the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is back. Here's how to play. Pick the top 5 finishers in the weekly NASCAR race and get a chance to win a $50 ShopRite gift card. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. The Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is run by the Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Sports Department.
1: Hi, this is Craig Conroy, Calgary Flames general manager, Clarkson hockey legend, and New York State Hockey Hall of Famer. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor, Ken Schott.
0: Back to wrap up the podcast. The week one winner in the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em football contest was James Yawn of Rotterdam with a 12-4 record. James wins a $100 Hannaford gift card. Congratulations, James! The VIP winner was Jim DeMarco of Morris Ford with a 10-6 and 6 record. I got off to a slow start going 7-9. and 9. My Gazette colleague Adam Schinder was 8-8. and 8. I'll announce the U Pick'em Football Contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Thursday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the U Pick'em Football banner. You can look for my picks at dailygazette.com. The Week 29 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest was Dennis Furman of Hoosick Falls with 40 points. Dennis wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Dennis. The VIP winner was Dwayne Leach of All Seasons Equipment with 15 points. I'll announce the Auto Racing Contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. Just because COVID-19 mandates are easing, that does not mean you should relax. Be vigilant. If you have not gotten vaccinated or received a booster shot, please do so. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank Adam Schinder, Nick Lachey, and Sean Willer for coming on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot. That's S-C-H-O-T-T at dailygazette.com. Follow me on X and threads at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day. Good sports.